framework for your own personal development is incumbent upon your desire to elevate the level of personal investment you're willing to make in yourself. Society has a tendency to pull us in a certain direction, which in turn influences our thinking and the way we personally grow as individuals, making it an increasing imperative to ensure that we construct our own roadmap and portrait of victory to ensure we can create and control our own narrative to our own individual story. For trained results and certified strategic intervention life coach, Billy Genalutis, he helps people and audiences create change in their life through breakthroughs by creating a deeper understanding of self-improvement and personal development on every level. Dana Lutis holds his clients accountable by challenging them to believe in the power of their message and that their life indeed has value. Dana Lutis has been trained by the world-renowned Tony Robbins and so many others. But one resounding message remains true. It all starts with a belief in oneself. Whether you're a coach, a client, or an individual searching for direction. Jana Lutis was gracious enough with his time this week to stop by the program to discuss personal and self-improvement, life and career development, and how we can all level up in our lives to become the people and societal contributors we all want to be. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. Yeah, right. No, hey, happy to be here. Ready to dive into this new podcast. Let's make it happen. Absolutely. No, Billy, I know that you're a results coach, my friend, and you help uh, train and uh, work with people uh, as a, a strategic intervention life coach, and you help individuals and audiences create uh, true breakthroughs, my friend, and uh, really changing their lives 
through a deeper understanding of self-improvement and personal development. So I'm wondering if you can tell me and start our conversation by telling me what makes you so fabulous and why you're so passionate about the work that you do. Of course. Yeah, no problem. We'll dive right in. Yeah, so helping people self-improve in personal development, that's something I've been driven to do probably from day one. I mean, I started speaking to audiences back in high school just because the opportunity arose and I chose to take it. And then through college, studying psychology, studying how the mind works, how the brain works for that matter, stepping into the therapy field. I've been in the therapy field for seven years. And I looked at all these different approaches of how different therapists are helping their clients, how diagnoses happen and everything like that. And I took a step back and I really believe that if we're going to help people through therapy, there needs to be a little bit more of an action plan. And that's where coaching stepped into play, results coach, strategic intervention, life coaching. And how I started to look at it is if we can help someone set a goal in three different areas, whether and whatever works for them, every single person in the world is different. But as long as we reach out a hand and help someone, you're doing your part. But if we set a goal in, say, a mindset area, that could include, yeah, positive thoughts, all this kind of stuff, focus points. But I believe business falls under mindset just as much because you have to have that drive. So a mindset area and then a physical area. So naturally, someone is going to start to improve their body in that. And the last area is spirituality and in, in someone's culture and trying to pursue, a, a, maybe if they're into faith, to be a faith aspect just as much. But I started to see as you help people with self-improvement and personal development, everyone has a goal in at least one of these areas. I always use the example of a bodybuilder. Bodybuilder, their physique is incredible. Their physical fitness is incredible. So they've really honed in on one area of their life. But then you have these other two, your mindset, your, your spiritual piece just as much. And with my coaching clients in these audiences, I try to help them really start to set the tone for themselves. Like what's a goal I could have in a physical standpoint, if I've never stepped into it, what's a goal I could have in mindset? And can I hold myself accountable to this? And the more you start to see people little by little daily steps to these goals, they create an all encompassing life, which then is helping them enjoy life on a higher level. At the end of the day with all the stressors in the world, if you're enjoying your life, you're winning for that day. And that, that's what we're trying to do. Move forward, enjoy life, live life to the fullest. All that's saying is, hey, you got a smile on your face and face and everything that comes to you the best way possible. Yeah, absolutely. And Miller, I'm fascinated to ask you whether you think uh, self-improvement and accountability are interconnected. What I definitely think self-improvement and accountability are interconnected because it, we need people in our lives that can help us, push us here, hold us accountable for sure to our goals, but sometimes people aren't even in that state where they have people around them. And I can use myself as that example. When I started pursuing speaking and coaching and entrepreneurship on my own, I didn't have the backing of anyone else. It was really just, Bill, if this is something you want, you will start, you have to take steps to do this. You, It's a must in your life if you want your life to improve. So I didn't have the accountability of other people. I only had the accountability of myself. So I had to make sure a daily process began where I needed to improve the areas of my life that I knew I was meant to achieve something in, whether that was becoming the speaker, whether that was becoming a coach and constantly learning daily. I was putting work into myself. And then after seeing the results come of it, I knew that everyone else could take these steps as well and start to improve. So 
holding yourself accountable always has to be a foundational point to self-improvement. And as much as I said it to a client yesterday, a 20-year-old kid, phenomenal, taking steps for himself for sure, but he never had that accountability for himself. You had growing up, you have your parents to hold you accountable, you have your teachers to hold you accountable, you have your coaches to hold you accountable. And then eventually the transition happens where you need to now step into the role where you create the habits, you create the routine, the patterns, the structure for yourself to then improve your life. Accountability and self-improvement go hand in hand with each other at that point. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Billy, I look, you know, one of the tenets that I live my life by is that excuses are an artificial determined to progress. You know, we all have circumstances in life that we have overcome. And adversity will strike all of us. It's not immune no matter how much money is in your bank account or how many degrees you hold on a wall. But tell me about your philosophy about overcoming excuses and really sort of not allowing yourself to have self-imposed limitations. What are your views there, my friend? Yeah, no, of course. Whether it's excuses or adversity or your own limiting beliefs, they come to you for a reason. And before we even start recording, Kevin, you said to me, everything happens for a reason with our own little conversation we were having. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. And if you start to take that philosophy on life, which that's a cornerstone to who I am as a person, where... All things are working together to help you. It's all things working together for your good as the as cultures and scripture states, history states for that matter. So if you're facing adversity in life, if you're facing limitations, if you're hitting every single wall in the book, it is on you to take a step back and really question, all right, why is this happening to me? What is the lesson I need to learn in this? And if you're going to make an excuse and bypass that answer, I believe wholeheartedly that life has a way of coming back around and trying to show you that answer again and that lesson again and again. And until you learn what you needed to from it, you then grow forward so you never face that test again, that lesson again. So excuses, if you you start to play off of all your excuses, you're never going to get the most out of life. And I'm not going to tell everyone, hey, you have to face everything head on. Yes, you do. However, that can be strategy. That can be planned out for a way that works for you specifically. I think that's where, with my background with the strategic intervention life coaching, all that is us trying to help you strategically in a way that best suits you to move forward in life. But if we're going to make excuses and we're not going to hold ourselves accountable in the improvement process, in the goal process, in the results process for that matter, you're only copping yourself out. You're saying, hey, I'm not worth this result I'm looking for. I'm not worth the best version of me. But if you then hold yourself accountable and say, you know what? This is tough. Adversity is here, but I'm going to keep going. And you find a way to keep going. You keep, I'm not going to say push, but you allow yourself to take the steps necessary to get you to where you want to be, to improve your life. And you no longer make the excuses to cop out of everything you start to see your life change exponentially because your personal strength, your inner strength grew exponentially. And that is what echoes to everyone else around you. That's what brings in opportunity. That's what brings in results because it starts inside. And if you're going to make an excuse and not really take the steps to improve your inner self for that matter, 
life is just going to keep pointing you in that direction, but it's on you to pick your head up and see, oh, I'm supposed to walk it here and here and here. And I think in the personal improvement self-development process, that's at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to help people do, become your best self. But in doing so, you can't make the excuses with it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Billy, as you know, knowing me for a few months now, I'm a big believer in building an inclusive culture and that everyone deserves a platform for success. So t- tell me, when you uh, think of the word inclusion, uh, what comes to mind in terms of diversity and equity? And how do you define the term inclusion yourself, my friend? I'm uh, fascinated to get your response. Yeah, of course. I think inclusion is meant to, it's just to show us, hey, everyone should be involved. No one should be left out. And I think how I start to look at the inclusion process is, you know, I I never turn anyone away. I'm sitting there and and regardless of who you are as a person, who you are as a client, if one thing will connect all of us, and that is your want to better yourself, your want to become this version of you that you know you're meant to. And that's a very broad answer for inclusion. But at the end of the day, are we at all different on that? And if you say you're a kid trying to find your way in life, you're an adult that has had the experiences, you're trying to move forward, you have an opportunity to take those steps to learn. So we're all in the same boat. And if we start to look at that as inclusion, where all of us are literally in the same boat in life trying to navigate forward, regardless of a business background, regardless of a cultural background, regardless of where you come from. You can connect to someone on some standpoint. And if we start to see through the lens of the world and that, every single problem starts to fade away because you're no longer looking at someone's uh, race. You're no longer looking at someone's uh, language or or their background or their personal life choices, whatever it is. You're just saying, hey, you want to move forward? I want to move forward. Let's help each other. That's inclusion at the end of the day. Yeah, indeed, my friend. And I'm also wondering your thoughts on really mastering your mindset and taking ownership and control over your life. So what does it mean to you to master your mindset in life in order to win at all aspects of your life? Yeah, of course. That's actually one of the seminars that I love teaching. That's probably one of my favorite ones to teach, whether it's to companies, to schools, to whoever it might be. It could be just a one-person individual. But mindset mastery at the end of the day is what allows us to achieve results at a higher level. Well, what is that actually? That is saying to yourself, my thoughts, I I am now directing my thoughts. Okay, well, if I'm directing my thoughts, that's going to impact how I feel, aka I'm directing my emotions to a positive place. And then if you're directing your thoughts and your emotions in a positive place, your actions have to follow. So if you choose anyone listening right now, if you choose any area of your life that you're trying to achieve a result in, there's a goal you're trying to achieve, a dream you're trying to accomplish, whatever it means for someone listening right now, you got to ask yourself, what are your thoughts on that aspect? What's your your inner dialogue for that matter? What's your self-talk, your words? How do you feel about it, a.k.a. emotion? The word emotion throughout history stems from the term energy in motion. So if my thoughts and my words are moving forward towards a positive result and I'm trying my best to take the steps necessary, you're naturally going to start to feel better about yourself and where your life is going. And then if you're feeling so good about yourself, 
all on a mindset level, all on a, on a heart level for that matter, just as much, you then have more energy to take the action steps to the result you want. And I believe wholeheartedly in this mindset mastery aspect, doors begin to open for you. Because if you look at life, we are human beings, we are spiritual beings, and we are energetic beings. And I could date that back to science class back in third grade when they taught us about the atoms, the protons, the electrons, the neutrons, and everything. Everything, every state of matter is moving at a high, at a certain speed. We are involved in that. And how do you direct that energy by where your thoughts go? So, if, and I teach in one of my courses what's called the emotional guidance scale. And it guides people through every single emotion that you experience. But when you realize you direct the emotions you feel by your thoughts, okay, let me start to create more opportunities to have more positive thoughts, whether that's affirmations, whether that's experiences, whether that's creating a foundational belief in myself that I am phenomenal, that I am greater than I've ever thought before, that I am more than enough, that I am lovable, whatever it means for someone listening right now. When you set the tone for your mind and where your thoughts go, life will start to show you those results because you're going to feel it so much more. But then taking the steps, you take the steps with a smile on your face because you're experiencing peace, you're experiencing freedom, you're experiencing joy. And at the end of the day in life, that's what we're meant to do. But the mind itself to master it, you got to understand, I call it in my seminars, the mind is the universal tool. It can do anything, it can create anything, it can answer any question you ask, and it is the, it is the full greatest computer we've ever had. And it was before any of this was ever made. But we aren't taught in school and we aren't even taught in psych classes anymore how to use your mind the correct way. So mindset mastery is stepping into your thoughts, your words, your feelings, and your action steps. And when you align these areas, naturally your life can only get better. So that's what mindset mastery is right there. Yeah, absolutely. Philip, I'm curious to ask you about sort of healing the emotional wounds of America and society today. And what I mean by that is, you know, Billy, as an old news guy myself, self, when you turn on the news today, it seems like it's very territorial, whether you're on one side or the other. And it doesn't really seem to be a common ground of understanding. And one of the reasons, really, I wanted to start this podcast was I looked at the world and I wanted to create more sort of what I call bridges of unity or understanding. So how do you think we can heal sort of the divide or the territorial dispute that we're having as a society? Yeah, no, and I, I love that perspective on it because I agree with you wholeheartedly. One thing that stuck out to me when I started pursuing my own personal development, self-improvement, before any of this came together for myself was every single time you turn the news channel on or you turn on, at this point, it's the TV when you turn it on, it's directing us to think in a negative standpoint. It is territorial for sure, but at the same time, we have to question why is there so much negativity on the TV? It's meant to, to put people in different territories. It's meant to divide the world. And I think society, you know, we have to take where society's at with a grain of salt. Because, yes, you can. I'm not a political guy, but you can look at politics. And I question a lot on that in the sense of we are telling people to choose a side. All right. Well, I'm not a fan of that. But if we're trying to improve the entire 
not just the country, but the world, why are we dividing everyone instantaneously? So uh, politics aside from that, you look at other areas of the news where there's not too much positivity on there. It's literally just, hey, you have to think in a downward spiral. Oh my goodness, like the uh, uh, this sadly this bus accident just happened and all this stuff. Like, all right, well, that's flooding the TV and then the positivity isn't really there. So we're not hearing these feel-good stories. We're not he hearing ways to improve ourselves or move forward very much. That creates a divide just as much. So in a, in a societal standpoint, what we have to do as individuals is remember that we are individuals. We need to think for ourselves. We need to choose for ourselves. And nowadays, we hear a leader. We hear, uh, I'm not even going to call it a leader. We hear someone of power on the news channel. We hear someone of power on the TV or the podium, whatever it is. The problem with that is that we don't look at their background. We hear a, a message and we run with it. Not a bad thing at all. But you actually have to take into account your beliefs about what is being said, your beliefs about yourself. And if it does fit into who you are as a person, by all means, move in that direction. But the tough thing now is, especially with the next generation that's on the come up, and I get to work with a lot of teenagers, I get to work with a lot of schools for that matter, a, a kid's mind is is it's malleable, I believe the word is, where it's like you can form this into whatever you want. It's a piece of clay, as we all are for that matter. But at the same time, we are flooding the next generation with this choosing a side so they don't get to choose for themselves. We're telling people you have to think in this direction or in the other ways are wrong. Are you allowing someone the personal development, the self-improvement trait of being able to choose, I don't want my life to move in this direction. I want to see things clearer. I, I choose to, to live above this, not below this. And now in society, we're setting the bar for people, but we're not showing them that there are other options. And in, in everything that I do, it's trying to show someone that you have the empowerment to make your own decisions for where you want your life to go. But until we expand that view to more of a societal standpoint in these really deep, sadly political areas... Are you really choosing for yourself or did you hear someone say this? Did you see a social media post? Did you hear a news anchor say this? And then you just ran with it. Take a step back and ask yourself, what do I really believe about me? What do I live really believe about my life? And where do I want things to go? And if it's in, if it is congruent to whatever that person was said, full speed ahead. If it's not, all right, lean into it. What is it that kind of stuck out to you? What triggered you a little bit? Do you need to learn about that? Do you need to learn, dive deeper? Nowadays, we flip through social media, we see a 30-second, 10-second post for that matter, and uh, that's all the knowledge we ever needed. And on to the next thing. It's like, come on, guys. you know, Where's the attention span now? We got to learn. <laughs> uh, well, you know, attention spans are shorter than they ever have been before, aren't they? <laughs> exactly. It's so true. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Bella, that's a good segue to my next question tonight. Why don't you get your perspective on really constructing a roadmap for personal growth and, and development and creating sort of uh, a checklist of consistency? What do you think is the key to really uh, creating a level of consistency when things get sort of tough, when adversity strikes? What's the roadmap to creating uh, personal consistency when 
personal growth and development in your opinion? Yeah, of course. That's something I try and help my clients with a lot is understanding their own roadmap. Because, you know, kind of like the, the question we just answered, we see something, we want that. So for someone listening right now, ask yourself, what is your goal? Regardless if that's a physical goal, a spiritual goal, a mental goal, what is just your personal goal at a flat standpoint? So that if you think about it, that's your target. All right, well, we now know the end result of what your roadmap will be. We now need to figure out what steps we're going to take. We need to now figure out what are your current habits, what are your current patterns, what are your current routines, and what, more importantly, is the result you're getting from them. So I can use myself as the example right now. I'm a, I'm a big fitness guy. I love being in the gym. I'm, I'm up at four in the morning, everything like that. So I personally have a fitness goal. I have a body goal in mind. All right, I know what I want to look like. What is my daily habit? Is it getting me there? Is it holding me back? Are my personal decisions leading me to where I want it to go? Are my personal decisions creating more walls? So on a fitness standpoint, it's easy to see. All right, if, if all my lunches include French fries and, and the greasy foods and everything, I'm creating my own wall on a beat. So I need to now step into the daily habits, my routines of this personal roadmap and start to tweak this, start to change it. Everyone goes at their own pace. I'm not a cold turkey person. I I think you have to slowly, especially on a diet standpoint, wean yourself into this. So you need to start cheaping, uh, uh, chipping away at it and allowing yourself, okay, if, if this was a healthy, uh, 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 unhealthy option, what's a healthy option I can fit in? And so on and so forth. And eventually you start to see yourself taking these steps of action on a daily basis to the point where it becomes your norm. So with a consistent roadmap, we need to set the goal. And then there comes into play what I call the trophy formula. And I, I teach this to a lot of businesses and everything like that for their for their specific employees. But the consistent dedication to your discipline brings your goal to you. So if your consistent habits are leading you in the right direction, step one is done. Your dedication, essentially speaking, what is the why behind the goal that you set for yourself? Is it to... Uh, again, fitness standpoint, is it to achieve this body? Is it to feel good? Is it to be healthy? Is it to feel whole? Um, it could be other goal areas, relationships. Okay, is your your why because you want to be the best uh, spouse you can be for your relationship or to find someone for that matter? So your why behind your goal is your dedication. You're not going to give up on that. You aren't going to give up on yourself. And then you have your discipline. The consistent dedication to your discipline brings your goal to you. So if your discipline is your exactly that daily habits, you're consistently holding yourself accountable to move forward. There's the first question we said earlier with accountability working into self-improvement. If you're holding yourself accountable and you're disciplined to the process, your goal is no longer going to be action steps away. It's going to it's going to run to you. You're naturally going to attract it in because you started making these personal changes for yourself. At the end of the day, that is the roadmap to personal development, to personal success, because it's on you and it always has been. And until you start to see that, a listener right now, you can take the steps necessary and then it becomes effortless. And that's why I teach my my clients effortless progress begins to go into play. And they're like, well, what do you mean, Bill? Effortless progress. This is a lot of work. I'm like, yeah, it is. But at first, and then it becomes routine. 
where this is just your daily habit. This is like me waking up at four in the morning. I'm, it's like Christmas morning every single morning for me waking up at four because I get to go do what I love to start the day, which is in the gym. So it became a love. So now it's no longer a struggle. It's no longer work. It's just Bill enjoying himself towards his goal. Life is enjoyable at that point. It's no longer a force. It's no longer adversity. It's no longer hitting every wall in the book. It's just saying, hey, here I am and I'm on my way to where I want to be. Let's enjoy the process. So creating a roadmap, it's different for every individual. But until we step into that process, it, it needs to kind of happen. I believe at any age that can happen. And it just gets better and better. Yeah, Billy, it's like uh, creating a portrait, my friend. Everyone's portrait of success is different, isn't it? 100%. And that's the beauty of life. Everyone's moving somewhere, you know? And just to enjoy that process with everyone's the best part. And diversity of perspective perspective is how we all grow isn't it yeah 100% just being able to understand there's more than enough to go around that's the beauty of this world abundance the beauty of the universe for that matter but to see someone else that might have a similar goal as you and then root for them can only make you better to see someone might have a different goal as you and then root for them it's just saying hey let's all succeed together that's the beauty of all of it yeah absolutely and Billy, I'm uh, curious to get your thoughts on the concept of emotional courage and vulnerability. Because, you know, I think a lot of people uh, are afraid to be vulnerable because it's, for some people, it's a sign of weakness. But I totally believe that there's strength and vulnerability. So how do you think of vulnerability and emotional courage and uh, character are interconnected? Yeah, no, of course. And I, I love that that you mentioned too. Like I, I think vulnerability, especially emotional vulnerability, is needed. Especially in this day and age where uh men I think are put on that topic a lot. Where we were I, at least from my generation, it's not that I was trained or shown to hide your emotions, but it was kind of a backdrop growing up as, you know, just being a guy. However, in, in going through the experiences I have in life, if I didn't become vulnerable in my emotions, I would be closed off from the rest of the world. No one would know the real Billy. No one would know what I'm pursuing. No one would know how I wear my heart on my sleeve and everything like that. So I had to become vulnerable. It was the only way I could be the speaker that I am to be the coach that I am. So I had to step into who I knew I was meant to be. But essentially speaking, I had to put that in the world to see. That And being a speaker, being a coach, wanting to reach into helping people, that field. And if you're not going to have the book open just a little bit to that vulnerability, you're going to create your own walls in helping others. Because, you know, I've, I've got a coaching client. She's out in Canada. Here in Canada, Kevin. She's out in there. <laughs> All right. Um, and in our sessions, there's she. it's a quote she always has. It always caught me off guard. Because, Billy, you're so human right now. And I was like, what do you mean? And it's like, well, you know, in our, when I first started with you, it's like, you're this larger than life person. And it's just so cool to just connect to you on these different levels. Because like, if, if you're a client with me, heck, if you're an audience member with me, you're going to hear my story. You're going to hear some of the struggles I've been through. But those struggles are what allowed me to connect to so many people. You have to be vulnerable at some point in your life, or you're going to be closed off from life. And to be emotionally courageous, as you said, Kevin, you got to understand 
everything happens in life for a reason. And we, as we said earlier, but if you went through a struggle and you got out of it, heck, you might still be in it now. The beauty of that at the end of the day is knowing that you will get through it to help the next person in line. Because someone else is going through something maybe worse, maybe on the same level as you, whatever it is. But they need what you went through to help them, again, step into their own emotional courage and move forward. And the only way they will reach that level is knowing that you were emotionally vulnerable to open up and talk to them. So they go hand in hand with each other. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for you, Billy, I know that you've had some training with Tony Robbins. And you also have had some great uh, other professional mentors. So I'm wondering if you could tell me about how your mentors have really uh, shaped the person you are today. Yeah. No. Oh my goodness. I love that question. Yep. So, you know, when I stepped into coaching, it came through Tony Robbins and his team of therapists. So that kind of taught me a lot. And then the beauty of that came from finishing this and then saying, I need to step out on my own and keep learning. And that's where all these other mentors came to play and whatnot, whether it's uh, on this in the speaking field and helping me mentor in that area, whether that's in a spiritual sense. I sat there and really decided for myself, if I'm going to be this person that's going to help other people, I need to make sure I'm helping myself, getting the people necessary in place to help me continue to move forward. So whether it's Tony, his therapist, heck, my past mentors and coaches, current coaches, I want to make sure I was continuing to learn. So what I learned from them, you know, I, I'll say this with regards to Tony Robbins, he became a focal point in my life. And this is something I teach in my seminars just as much where I wanted to be like him, but I wanted to be better than him. And I think that's, uh, I say that because it's so true to my heart. And I notice when I say that in front of audiences and they're like, wait, you want to be better than him? He's larger than life. I'm like, yeah, he is. But at the end of the day, I, I'm striving for something more. And there was one moment I had, and I'm a faithful guy and whatnot. This happened years ago. Uh, I was going to bed one night at the foot of my bed saying a quick prayer because I, I, I was I was dumbfounded. I'm sitting there and I'm like, what am I not doing to reach the goals that I'm trying to achieve? I'm trying to like be like him, be better than him, all this kind of stuff. And then it dropped in my head and it, it was an answer prayer wholeheartedly. And uh, it was like, the only way you can be better than him is to be you. There is only one Billy in this world. And I got, it was one of those moments where a smile comes across my face. I'm like, ah, I get it. <laughs> so, so we have all these mentors in life. We have these role models that we look up to. We have these people that, you know, we might even sit on a pedestal at times. But what we need to understand is they left a roadmap behind for us to follow. And that's phenomenal. Take the steps that you need necessary. Avoid the pitfalls that they showed you happen to them. But at the end of the day, understand that it's you that are taking these steps. There is only one you in this world. There is only one version of you that is achieving and pursuing what you want. No one else can do that because it's got your name on it. So as long as you learn from these mentors in whatever area, like I've got spiritual mentors that taught me meditation, that taught me how to, to learn and, and find that essential inner peace aspect, that opened up a whole new world for me because I was willing to step into it. So someone listening right now, if you have a coach, if you have a mentor, if you have someone that you look up to, learn from them. Ask the right questions for sure. But no, you are the one that takes the steps. 
And if your life begins to push you in a different direction, phenomenal. Keep following it with everything you learn from these mentors in the best way you can. And if you hit a wall sometimes and what they taught you might not work, that's an opportunity for you to learn something different and keep the ball rolling for what you see your goal, your dream, your destiny becoming. And I think that's the beauty of life. Everyone is here to help each other at the end of the day. And if we start to step into that with a mentor, coach, or a role model, whoever it is, learn everything you can. I will put that wholeheartedly on the front and then take the steps in only a way that you can. And I think that's where your own glory starts to show itself. Yeah, absolutely. And Billy, whether it be from a personal, spiritual, or a professional standpoint, my friend, I'm curious how you view the term and concept of transformation and what the word what the word really means to you yeah of course i there's a couple different answers to that transformation to me is that's just life at the end of the day that's what we're here to do you can look at that as when a baby is born to 30 years down the line they naturally are going to transform so if that's a physical standpoint, all right, well, say you step into the gym. Okay, that's a transformation going on. And I think when we start to look at every area, like we said earlier, whether that's physical, mental, or spiritual, and you start to say to yourself, what do I want to grow in? You have stepped into the transformation process. Life will always try to help you move forward, but you have to step into that process just as much. You gotta. That's what life is. It's transforming you into what you want to become. But if we do not actually set that goal, if we don't, I'm not going to say write it down, but if you don't have that intention in your mind to what that end result is, there's no direction. So when you set the intention for what the end result of your transformation can be, everything now becomes aligned and you know what steps to take. So if we are always in a transformation process, regardless of what area we focus that word onto, it is on us to step into it and just enjoy where the road's going because life is going to transform you one way or the other. It's either towards the direction that you want your life to move in or playing life on autopilot for that matter and seeing where it goes in that sense. But I think if you step into it, life can only get better. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Billy, I know that we're, we're both on a journey to become be- better uh, professional and motivational speakers said, I know that for a lot of people uh, that are in the speaking space, their number one goal is to get paid and get, to get more leaves on their calendar, calendar. But as we both know, embracing the grind as a speaker and really rolling up the sleeves and doing uh, the work ourselves is, is the key to success. Would you agree with that? Tell me about uh, the importance of embracing the personal grind as a professional speaker from your opinion. Yeah, no, and I I agree with you wholeheartedly. And, And I always sat there and the word grind to me got changed yeah, by um, Eric Thomas, another great motivational speaker out there. And he said, it might have it might have been in just a YouTube video or whatever it was, but he said in one of his speeches, why are we using the term grind when we should use the word hustle? Because the word grind essentially is explaining that I'm going to grind this into the into dust. And if you think about pebbles or something like that. So he said, you're going to start using the word hustle. 
So to embrace the grind, embrace the hustle of being a professional speaker, of moving forward, it is only allowing you to take the steps that you've wanted your entire life because we set the goal of becoming a professional speaker and motivational speaker, impacting audiences, using what we've been through to pave the way to help people but also show people that they too can take a step into something they want for themselves. And if we don't do the work, I think this, no matter what area, whether it's a professional speaker or someone listening right now, it could be a different goal you have set for yourself. I always kind of do as a self-motivator, what happens if I don't embrace the hustle, embrace the grind? What happens if I don't take this step? What, who, from a professional speaker standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, if I do not take the steps to reach the stages and impact the audiences. The opportunities might find you down the road for sure. I'm not, I will never say no to that. I think there's a grand scheme behind all of it, but who is getting left out if I don't take the steps on my own? Who is the kid in that audience that needed to hear the message that they never did because I didn't take the steps to get to their stage? Who is the the employee that really needed that backing from that message that one day, but I wasn't there because I didn't take the steps necessary to get that gig? So if us coming from professional speakers, motivational speakers, at the end of the day, the end result that we're looking for is to help people in whatever way we bring to the table. And we know we can because it's written on our heart and we feel that passion every time we take a step into whatever trade it is. That's what keeps us moving forward. So if we know that is the end result to everything we do, that should light you up to want to take the steps, to embrace the hustle, to embrace the grind for that matter. If I don't take those steps, I'm saying everyone else, see ya, wasn't worth it to me. But it is. So that's why we need to embrace that process and just see where it gets us. And the beauty of that is have fun doing it. No matter what goal someone listening to this has, have fun doing it. Find the joy in the process because that joy is going to allow you to move forward through the tough days. And, you know, I can I can speak for it. I know you can too, Kevin. There are tough days in the process. There's supposed to be tough days where you need to hit a learning curve and realize, oh, that's how it's supposed to be done. And then you learn so much. It's like, I'm so grateful for those tough days. So we got to embrace it no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. In the morning, you learn from the failures and the mistakes in life, don't you? I really believe that. You can learn from failing. Would you approve that? Oh, whole, wholeheartedly. <laughs> I think every failure that I've had is like, and okay, as we'll talk about different ages, teenager years, when you're in high school, you fail. It could rock you to your core and you need to get out and you don't know how to get out of it. College could be the same thing. Later in life, you're like, you have to question when you fail. All right, what did I do wrong? What could I do better? How can I be better? And if you're asking those empowering questions, you learned your lesson. You move forward because failure teaches you so much. I think you have to lose at some point so you can win. Yeah, absolutely. And Billy, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to end our conversation, conversation around the uh, concept of acceptance for all people. Because, I, you know, I, I think uh, we get a narrower mindset of the way the world is supposed to look, we lose out on a perspective that can help us grow. So what do you think of acceptance for all people? I'm curious to think, what do you think of? And my final uh, caveat to that is when you think of your own personal and professional legacy, 
How do you want that to be defined? Yeah. No, I love that. I love that question. I agree with you. I think there is becoming a narrow mindset and just to accept people for who they are at the end of the day is all you can do. There is no reason to go point fingers at someone else and tell them that they uh, can't do this, can't do that. Like you're not the judge. You don't get to say that at the end of the day, it's like someone's, someone's personal choices and personal experiences, just respect them for who they are. If it's not hurting you in your life in any way, let them do their thing, move forward. So I'll say that with the personal acceptance thing with regards to legacy and professional, personal legacy. One thing that has always stuck out to me, and I said it, I was funny. I was on a different podcast uh, last week or so, and he asked me about values. And I think my values stand with this legacy aspect. Just be a good person, you know, help someone else. If my legacy is saying that this guy, no matter how busy he was, no matter what he did, he was still willing to make time for whoever it is and help them. That is who I try and be in general. And I, you know, whether that's a friend, whether it's a strangers, whoever comes up to me to know that you have someone that's going to say, Hey, I'm here for you and reach out a hand, no matter what is going on, that stops the rest of the world for them. So if my legacy is defined by that, by who I try to become in that definition, phenomenal. At the end of the day, that puts a smile on my face because people need people need that hand to reach out to them. I've had people reach out their hand to me when I needed it most. And so if the legacy teaches that and shows people reach out a hand because you do not know what someone else is going through, but you can help them regardless, at the end of the day, that's the best thing you can leave behind in this world. Yeah, absolutely. And- Billy, finally, tell me if people want to get connected with the good work that you do, buddy, what's the best way they can do that? Of course. Yeah, you can find me in a couple different areas. So my website, billygelifecoaching.com. You can see what our coaching program, what our speaking program is all about. You can find me on YouTube as much as Kevin's been killing this for years. we got a YouTube channel once a week with Billy G. That's been going on for... Uh, well over six straight years now. Every single Sunday, we find a new message to put out there for you guys, whether it's me personally interviewing someone else. Once a week of Billy G, hit that subscribe button, and then every Sunday, you're getting something to help you through the rest of the week. And then you can find me on Instagram, at Billy G. Lutis. type in Billy G Life Coaching. You'll see me pop right up. Um, or Facebook. But, you know, guys, those are the areas to find me, and I'll be right there for you. Fantastic, Billy. Well, I really want to uh, uh, thank you for uh, your unique perspective on life and personal uh, development, my friend. Your work in the space and uh, time on, on my behalf and your friendship, of course, is most appreciated, my friend. And I want to thank you for engaging in conversation and for being here this morning. It's most appreciated. Yeah, no, Kevin. Hey, anytime you want me on here, Kevin, I will gladly teach, speak to your audience, teach in any way I can because I appreciate it, man. I appreciate your time just as much. I really appreciate the opportunity to be a guest on your podcast because I know it's going to help people. And at the end of the day, that's what we want. But yeah, no, I'm more than happy to do anytime you want, Kevin. It's awesome.